This episode of Doing It For The Kids is supported by Nutmeg. Because finding your way in life isn't getting any easier or cheaper. To gift your children a financial head start, why not consider a junior ISA? And with a Nutmeg Stocks and Shares Junior ISA, you can follow your investments via their easy-to-use mobile app. And there's no hidden fees or charges to catch you out. Take your children on the investment journey with you, and there's a good chance they'll make wiser decisions later. What's more, you can choose one of Nutmeg's socially responsible portfolios for an investment pot you'll be proud to hand over to the next generation. That's going to make everyone feel good. Open a junior ISA today at nutmeg.com. Captain at risk, Joyce of all supply. That's my air, air con you can hear. I came out here early to call for car down before we started. Wow, was it a hot box? And I sat in it for like 10 minutes, still really hot, with the fans full blast, thinking... God, it's taking, it must be so hot, it's taking forever to cool down. And then I realised that the air conditioning button wasn't pressed. <laughs> it was just recirculating hot air. Ooh, nice. What a dick. Sweaty. It's basically being in a fan-assisted oven. That was... <laughs> Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie, and this is Steve. Hello, yes, each week we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it. But of course, we also like to hear your comments, your opinions, and we start each episode by looking back at last week's episode, reading those comments out. Last week's episode was... We talked about, is now the time to go back into an employed, proper job, inverted commas, given the flexibility that they're now offering and all that kind of stuff. Penny Smythe said, I fall into the category of people who were squeezed out of their in-house job for banging too hard on the flexible working drum. Another inconvenient mother asking to work from home. Brackets, hollow laugh. (laughs) I was scared shitless about going freelance, to be perfectly honest, because I'd done it before, hated it, earned bugger all and jumped at the first in-house copywriting job I could find. But hey, what do you know? A few years older and wiser, I'd got a load more experience. I was less eager to please, less giving of shits, and now with two little humans to feed. It has been a completely different experience. I feel loads more in control and I've realised that running a business is just as creative as doing the work. Mm. It has clicked. Just goes to show there are so many shifting life factors that make a work setup work. Pandemics included. Sometimes you don't know until you try. Cracking comments this week. Just saying. Jules Gilbert says, After 10 years of being self-employed, I made the leap into being a full-time employee. There were various reasons behind it, but it got to the point where being an employee outweighed the benefits of being self-employed. What got me the job? My unique set of skills, extensive knowledge and the experience I'd gained in my decade being self-employed. Yes. The current situation has been beneficial for me, as unlike many of my colleagues, I'm already accustomed to working from home and I'm pleased to be back in my home office and to see my daughter more. I'm fortunate to have the best of both worlds at the moment. For me, it's been a career sidestep and well worth it. And Meg Bell said, I took the leap earlier this year and after three years of self-employment, went back to an employed role. It's a home-based, pretty flexible role and offered me the security of a regular wage, holiday and sick pay. When lockdown happened, I managed to reduce my hours so I can still look after the kids and get some money coming in. The dream. I know, it's it's like work porn, isn't it? (laughs) Flexible work porn. I know if I was still self-employed, I wouldn't be earning anything right now. 
But I also know I wouldn't have the constant juggle of working kids at home, so not sure which is better. Still don't know if it was the right thing to do, but if it doesn't work out, my own business is still there, ready to be restarted. There you go, keeping that fire stoked. Yeah, interesting. Thank you so much for all of your comments. How are you? How has your week been? Well, our daughter had her first day back at school today. Oh, okay, yeah. So remember, she now gets one and a half days a week until the end That's of the term. That's right. <laughs> and do the days overlap? Well, the half day does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although she did come out, she came running over to me and went, I do more learning at home than I do at school. <laughs> So there yeah, we are. Probably true. We shouldn't feel so bad, I don't think, about what we're doing with our homeschooling efforts. <laughs> Did you get any work done, though? Well, our son was still at home. <laughs> However, he and I had a very in-depth tutorial on Tetris. Nice. Uh, he's quite <laughs> impressed that I was able to get up to level nine. He could only manage level three, and he is a really good gamer. It just goes to show, hey... Packing the dishwasher has made me better at Tetris. (laughs) At the weekend, ended up playing... uh, So our son got given this build-your-own camper van, like an Airfix camper van, and it has gone unbuilt for six months. And eventually, his sister goes to him, do you mind if I build it if you're not going to bother? And so she did. She built the thing. Nice. So she did it. And then she thought, oh, well, what am I going to put in the camper van? So she went and got some of her Lego Friends characters. Not sure if you're aware Mm. of those. And with that, went and got her glamping Lego set and her treehouse set and her cake set and all of this. There really is a Lego set for everything. And then she insisted that I play with her. And I thought, oh, well, not. So it's just imaginative play. But oh, my God. Right. Get this. Four children in this game. Mm -hmm. Two of them are age 10. The other two are age four. What? How do you know that? Because she told me. Oh, she's made these people up in her Yeah, yeah, head. yeah. I thought this was like on the Lego packet. <laughs> <laughs> They're all brothers and sisters. However, the older ones haven't told the younger ones that. Ooh, the parents wow. are dead. Okay. And the 10-year-olds are looking after the four-year-olds. But rather than doing it all in one house, they are separate from each other and then get together mm-hmm. and behave like friends rather than as if they're brothers and sisters. I don't know why. Meanwhile, in the treehouse... In the top of the treehouse, there is a box. I said, wow, what's in the box? What's in the Mm -hmm. box? I was being the little brother, Daniel. And she went, Daddy, they can't find out what's in the box. I said, what? She went, Lucy doesn't want anybody to find out what's in the box. And I went, why? What's in the box? Your head hurts. I heard my bunk bed. Oh, dear. Is that because you're not sleeping in your bunk bed? If you went to sleep, you wouldn't hit your head. You can sit here with me, but you have to be quiet. Steve was telling a very interesting story. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What have we done this week? We can't hear you. I did tell you to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) The highlight of our week has been... Five more Duggies. Five new episodes of Duggie released today. So we danced to the a cappella song, didn't we? On repeat. Mm, it yeah. was really good. It was really good. <laughs> that was genuinely the highlight of the week, I think. <laughs> it was really fun. It was fun. Sorry. I've got a beer for myself. <laughs> I'd like some nuts with it, but whatever. I'm really into a salted nut at the moment. <laughs> literally like a cashew or an almond you've set off the smut alarm 
going well, isn't it? So for context, it's now uh, 10 to 10 at night. <laughs> the alarm is still going outside my house. So you've moved into another I've room. I've moved into another room to try and get away from the alarm, but now I can hear the people having the barbecue. I've closed all the windows. <laughs> <laughs> this week's question comes from Catherine Jones. Catherine is a copywriter, cleanslatecopywriting.co.uk and she also runs a parenting lifestyle blog, lazymum.co.uk. Catherine says, let's talk social media. Do you use every platform or focus on one? Do you schedule? How do you allocate time for answering comments and interacting with other people? How do you ensure you don't get sucked down the rabbit hole and lose hours to it? Is it worth outsourcing? If so, how do you know you already can afford to? Sorry, it's probably only meant to be one question. Social media! Ah! <laughs> I've paraphrased the end there. That's Catherine's question. Questions. In current times, now more than ever, it's about slimlining your time and energy, right? All social channels suck your time, <laughs> ultimately. So you need to like work out which ones are showing a return, whether that's building your profile or actually making sales or getting more clients or whatever. So I, yeah, I feel like at the moment, now is a really good time to like hone in on what is working and what isn't because more than likely you're working around your kids and they've got 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and you can't do all the channels. I mean, that's hard anyway. I wouldn't recommend doing that in normal times, let alone now. Yeah, it's always said, isn't it? But if you pick one and do it really right. well, that you'll have a much better effect than if you try and do them all. Mm. He says on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn. But I totally get the fact that when I spend time mainly focused on one, I see much more of a return. Yes, definitely. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, massive caveat. We should say this like just a standard for this podcast. But like, massive caveat. We don't actually know. Like, I'm not a social media person. I do not run workshops in this shit. But yeah, maybe now's a good time to like do a bit of an audit. Look at what is and isn't working for you. And I mean in a like yeah practical returns kind of way but also in a, like a gut feeling kind of way like which are the platforms that you naturally want to feed and like the way you interact with people on if it comes easier to you then yeah you're more likely to update it and as you say like the more you put into one of them the more likely you are to get more out but having said all of that you also want to combine that with like as with last week why are you using social like what is the aims of that as a means of marketing is it about getting more clients is it about establishing yourself as an expert is it about creating shareable content start with your why what's it all about what are the aims for your business and then working out who uses which of those channels that fit like what your aims are but then there's the the other use of social media which might be your use of community mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that's the thing isn't it that is equally important so it might be that your clients are on linkedin but but you hate it your community <laughs> are on instagram yeah. so if that answers the first question right do you use every platform or focus on one essentially like spreading yourself too thinly don't do all the things and do them rubbish no, that's not. It's not great English. Um, I know that if 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 I only did Instagram, I would do so much better on Instagram. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense that like if you want to be an Olympic sprinter, that you just concentrate on sprinting mm -hmm. and then don't do swimming. 
if we put our efforts into one thing, we're going to see much more of a return out of it. You've just got to make sure that the one you pick is where your audience Right. You is. don't want to put your energy to something that then doesn't actually help you in the long run. But as you've touched on, like, and we've talked about before, because I, st- I still am guilty of this, is, yeah, like having platforms that just look so neglected. There is something deeply, deeply sad, particularly about a Facebook page that just isn't loved hasn't been posted since 2016 <laughs> like yeah. this is me by the way this is what i have when i'm researching guests for being freelance mm. i have I've said this before i've been on freelancers pages and clicked through to their twitter and then seen that they haven't tweeted for two years and then i start to question oh, are they, they still, still freelancing yeah. are basically are they in business and you don't want that to be the result so if you've decided not to tweet just delete your twitter account or just take it off of your website so that there's not this yes that's what i did through. so i've still got a twitter for me as like a person as a designer mm. but i never i use it to basically like bitch to brands that i've bought things from <laughs> where's my order <laughs> it's not it's not a great look anyway what i did do is took it off my website so no longer links from my graphic design website whereas all my other yeah. socials are there but that one isn't so Catherine also said do you schedule mm-hmm. do you schedule uh again like i don't know what you think about this but in current times it's a hell no for me in normal times yes that can be a really useful tool but right now i don't know there's too much going on. Okay, let's look at the benefits of scheduling. The benefits of scheduling could be I have created some content that I want to promote. Mm-hmm. I've already created it. I know I want to promote it four times this week. I can put up my little image, put my little bit of copy, because the rest of the time I'm just trying to keep my family afloat right. during a pandemic. <laughs> Therefore, in the current time, scheduling can make sense, right? Oh, from a like making life easier perspective, absolutely. Um, yeah. So long as you remember to go back in and check that scheduler when the world mm. goes even more to shit than it already is. Mm. But also the counter argument, whether we're talking about 2020 or not, is that social's about being social, right? It's about having a conversation and if you're just posting shit out and it's all one-sided and like there's no conversation around that and you're not available at that time to interact with that piece of content you put out then it's not you're kind of missing the point i think like when i post on instagram i always make sure that i'm available for the next hour and a half to like be there to talk to people about it basically which actually then leads into that whole whole thing doesn't it about like how do you not get sucked in and get sucked out because Mm. it can become that oh i posted this morning i'm going to keep checking all day long to see yes uh, yes. the comments and the buzz of the likes or to genuinely Mm. respond to comments and things like that so that's the thing if you don't post you can't get sucked in like that (laughs) (laughs) just do nothing Maybe the answer to that, though, is just to be more disciplined about it. So don't put the social media apps on the front page of your phone so that when you pick it Mm. up to do something else, you end up accidentally jumping into Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But make yourself have to flick through the screens in order to find them. Make it hard, yeah. Set some time aside and maybe even set a timer. I'm going to spend five minutes on here for now. Be disciplined on it. Move on to whatever else it is, even if that other thing is just staring out the window with a cup of tea and a biscuit. We've talked about this before, but like turning notifications off makes such a difference. Although it doesn't, it doesn't, because I always find I check more because I'm like, oh, have I got any notifications? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I reckon for some personalities, just turning it off would definitely work. And similarly, like 
putting your phone away at night. Like, that's just a rule for life, really. But also, I appreciate that, like, if your job is... I mean, copywriting, maybe not so much. Maybe to a certain extent. But if you're, like... If you're literally a social media manager, it must just be... Oh, my God. Exhausting. Well, ma- like, where are the boundaries? Like, where do, you, where do you stop? Well, maybe they'll have good comments for us when we come to Yes, maybe them. they will. Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. How do you allocate time for answering comments and interacting with other people? Well, I guess that's kind of what we're saying, isn't it? Maybe being mm. disciplined in it, just like maybe you would be with your email or whatever, so that you set certain times of the day. So it might be when you sit down with your coffee first thing, that you do a little bit of it then, and then you leave it, you park it, and you come back. Mm. One way to make sure that you stick to this in a way that I quite like is if you're serious about it, if you think, yeah, there's a real need for me to be doing this social media thing, but I've also got other stuff to do then add some kind of social media to-do list and then tick off what you have done have i posted tick have i come back from my afternoon session of checking comments or whatever tick or and we've said this before the importance of social media even if you're not posting just to go in and see what other people doing and definitely part of that conversation is even more important than just posting because you've ticked it off you know you can move on and go doing something else what was the next one? <laughs> is it worth outsourcing? Surely it depends on what you do, right? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you could outsource it whatever you do. Mm. Well, I think either way, there are bits of it that you can outsource. So I create a podcast. I want to promote that podcast. I could hire someone to lift quotes out of the podcast, yeah, create yeah, nice yeah. little images, schedule those to go out. But then it's me that goes back in and takes part in the conversation. Sounds like a good idea, Steve. You should do that. (laughs) I have thought about this so many times over the years. I really have. Because that is the thing which either wastes, in quotation mark, my time doing it because I know Mm -hmm. I could be doing something else. Or Mm -hmm. I simply don't get round to doing it because of Mm. everything else. And then that episode suffers as a result. Right, I've gone to all the effort to create Mm. that piece of content. Why am I not promoting it more? How do you know you are ready and can afford to? That's totally up to you, isn't it? Mm. I think Mm. you know you're ready if you can see, like I've just said, that you could be doing something, but you're not doing it. If you can see the process in your mind, then you probably know it's a task that you could give to somebody else. Whether you can afford to, that's up to you. But that might link back to the whole audit thing at the beginning, which platforms are getting you clients or making you sales. If you were to invest in those platforms, it should pay off kind of thing. See what I mean? Yeah. If you can work out yeah. where it's worth investing. If you were to like bring on board somebody to like research hashtags and really like audit your social media to begin with. Yeah, that's a good idea. Pay sh- huge dividends, come up with some sort of plan and strategy for you. Could be amazing. Yeah, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having somebody like doing a content plan or kind of thing for you and a strategy and then you deliver it. You could also pay them to deliver it. Imagine as a copywriter, though, because, you know, a lot of the debate about outsourcing is like, am I ready to give up control, essentially? And I imagine that's even more tricky when you're a copywriter and like words is your thing. Yeah, that's true. Getting somebody else to write your social content is quite a like big leap of faith. Isn't it worth a go, though? True. You don't have to commit on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Some people will say, well, it's a value of your time. You know, uh, if you're getting somebody else to do that, how much money are you earning by doing the thing you're good at? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's not quite as simple as that because there is, frankly, have you got the money to do it? Right. (laughs) 
I think a classic outsourcing moment, not that I've done it, but like when I've thought about it the most is when I'm so busy on client work, the paid stuff, that I have no energy or time to do any social. Mm. And then when all the client work stops, it's like, oh, (laughs) I've got to ramp up my marketing again, you know? Whereas if I'd had somebody keeping the social going while I was doing that client work, by the time it come to an end, I might have more people interested in working with me. Right, yes. Yeah. Because the other thing I was going to say was like, don't feel the pressure of having to feed the beast all the time. Like you can take breaks from social and it won't like kill your business. Okay. Do you know, I feel like there should be a lot of comments because you and I are not social media experts. I feel like. <laughs> I hope there'll be some good comments. I feel like. <laughs> to put us right. I feel like Catherine deserves some good advice. Yes. Here send it Catherine's way via the Facebook group so doing it for the kids Facebook group you're looking for episode 45 yes and we would love your questions as well there's a form on the website doingitforthekids.net also you can get in touch on Twitter and Instagram hashtag D-I-F-D-K podcast are we spreading ourselves too thin <laughs> what's in the box Trent let me show you she took it out there's a gun in the box oh my god she went when their father died, all his possessions went in this box. She went, this was a letter that he'd written. This is his gun. And, the, and showed me all of his stuff. She had this whole story worked out. Wow.